So today we're discussing Shavuos. <coughs> uh, for those of you who feel that Shavuos is over, Mackintyre is over, this class is not for you. <coughs> but anyone who feels that Shavuos is still on, still grabbing on to Shavuos, then, then we're in business. So we're in the middle of another topic about the Tachem that we're going to leave for later. Now it's going to be about Shuas. <clears throat> now, by way of introduction, there's this famous statement by the sages that Hashem offered the Torah to the nations of the world. And each nation asked, what does it say in the Torah? Hashem said what it says. They didn't like it. We're not taking it. Then Hashem offered the Torah to the Yidin. Nasev and Nishma. Accepted unconditionally. So there's the famous question. <clears throat> what was the Kosaka Daitak? Like what was, what was going on over here? Hashem is offering the Torah to the nations. Why is he offering it to them? And, and if they would say yes, what would happen then? So what's the point of offering the tale for the What's the point of this? And there's many answers to this question. We're going to discuss one, one approach. Now, let me begin with, uh, with making a statement, which uh, it's not such a smooth statement. Maybe it's even controversial, and there's many angles looking at this, there's many different perspectives, but this statement is true anyway, even though there's different angles to it. And here's the statement, Torah and mitzvahs that Hashem gave us, that He gives us, al piteva. According to the rules of nature, al piteva, we can't do it. We can't do it. Al piteva, we cannot do it. That's the statement. Does it sound exciting? It's an exciting statement. Yeah. Oh. Now, what does it mean you can't do it al piteva? I don't know. I think we all put on the phone this morning. I'm not sure where, what was so hepechateva, like what was so uh, against teva? Keeping Shabbos, uh, what's so hepechateva? Maybe three days, Yontev is hepechateva, I'm not sure. <laughs> but but well, what's, what's, what's the opposite of teva? Like what's the big issue over here? Waking up and Huh? <laughs> But, uh, but nevertheless, yes, Torah and Mitzvahs is not al pitava. That's what Hashem has given us. Torah and Mitzvahs is not pitava. And we're going to take them one at a time. We're first going to discuss Torah. Halimut Torah is not al pitava. Then we'll get to Mitzvahs. So when it comes to Torah, there's a statement which we mentioned before more than once, a statement from the Rajbi, Rav Shem Ba'yichoi. Rav Shem Ba'yichoi says that the Torah was given only 
to those who ate the man. The Yidin in the desert, they had the man. The tail was given only to them. And he explains, what does that mean only to them? So he explains that uh, if you're worried about what will you eat, what will you drink, if you have your worries, how will you learn Taylor? So therefore the conclusion is the Taylor was given to those who ate the man. They had no worries, the Taylor was given to them. That's the statement of Rajbi. Interestingly, another statement of the Rajbi, he says that when Yidin follow they do the will of Hashem. So their, uh, their work, their panasa, their jobs are done by others, by the nations of the world. That's when you didn't do the will of Hashem. And if they don't do the will of Hashem, you got to work yourself. So imagine you have this yid, this religious yid, this former yid, old orthodox yid. He does everything right. But he's working. So we say that's not doing the will of Hashem. What kind of statement is that? But it goes together both statements of Rajbi. Rashim is saying that when you learn Torah, the proper way of learning Torah is no worries. And the reality of this world is that <laughs> there are worries. That's the reality of the Teva of the world, the way the Ebishtim created the world. Thank you. The Ebishtim made the world in such a way that there's something called Parnassah, <coughs> and, and there's Daikas upon us, there's worries. And it's not just uh, worries about, about food and drink, that's just the example, a major example. There's so many other worries about shiduchim, about marriage. And then once there's a marriage, there's she, there's, there's sometimes are problems of shalom bias. And then when they establish these children, there's issues about chinuch of children. So the list of daigas, of worries, it's, it's usually a long list. Now, Hashem is saying that if you want to succeed in Torah, if you have those worries, it doesn't work. You could open up a safe and you could learn, but if you have worries, it's not the real success in learning. So therefore he says the tale was given to Oichli Haman, those who ate the man, because those who ate the man had no worries. All their needs were taken care of in a miraculous way. So they were able to focus in learning Torah without any distractions, with no daigas, no worries. Now this is so important, this is so critical, that the Rambam makes a statement in two places, in Hilchas Tshuva, which, which in three Pokemon of Ram we just learned it, 
And he also says that at the end of the Sefer in Hilchus Mulachim, where he addresses the following issue, why do Yidin have a taiva for Mashiach? Why do Yidin desire, we want Mashiach now, why do we want Mashiach now? So the Rambam focuses not on what many people imagine. If you make this uh, study, if you go over to different youth and you ask them, do you want Mashiach? Yes. Why do you want Mashiach? Probably the most common answer will be, it'll start with like an Oyved, you know what's going on in this world? Do you know how many problems there are? And it's getting worse as we go along. Global problems, Jewish problems, personal problems, problems, problems. We want Mashiach now. That, that's more or less the, 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 the answer that most people would give. And that's why, historically, whenever there was a God forbid, there was more tzoros, more troubles, so then the desire for Mashiach intensified. Because for many people, Mashiach equals resolving all the tzoros, all the problems. But that's not what the Rambam says. Rambam speaks about Mashiach. He does mention that Mashiach will take care of problems. He mentions that. But he, that's not what he focuses on. He says the reason you didn't have a time for Mashiach throughout all the generations is because... <laughs> They want to learn Torah and do mitzvahs calmly, peacefully, without distractions. What the Rambam is saying is that as long as Mashiach did not come, when we're in Gullus, you could be a practicing Yid, practicing Torah and mitzvahs, but to make a statement that those Mitzvahs and the study of Torah, it's complete. That's what's expected. That's wrong. The Torah and Mitzvahs, the maximum Torah and Mitzvahs that we do now is not what's expected from us. It's not what we're capable of. And that's not the fulfillment of Matan Torah. That's not the fulfillment of what Hashem wants. Now, when it comes to Torah, the reason is obvious, as we were speaking about till now. During Gaulus, there's distractions. You can't really engage in learning Torah uh, to the fullest extent because of all the worries and distractions. So therefore, you didn't want Mashiach, because that way there won't be distractions and they can <coughs> devote themselves to learning Torah totally, completely. And by the way, for some people, this might be a turnoff. Not over here, outside the yeshiva. That's what Mashiach is. You mean we're all going to go to Kailo? Like we're all going to go to yeshiva? <laughs> I've had enough of yeshiva. <laughs> Some people might get a little bit disappointed. But that's what the Rambam says. That that's why Yidin want Mashiach, so they could learn Torah without distractions. But that's as far as learning Torah goes. What about mitzvahs? What about the rest of Avodah Hashem? The rest of Avodah Hashem... You know, you put on tefillin, you keep Shabbos. Uh, what's the problem? Why do you need Mashiach for? For learning Torah, yes. But what about for the rest of the mitzvahs? 
So there's the standard answer and there's the deeper answer. The standard answer is, unfortunately, nowadays, out of the 613 mitzvahs that we have, how many are we able to carry out, to fulfill? A small percentage. Less than a third of the mitzvahs, or sometimes it's just like a fifth, we have such a small percentage of mitzvahs that we're capable of doing. Because so many of the mitzvahs involve the Beis HaMikdash, and now it's when all the Jews are there, and so on. There are so many mitzvahs we can't do. It was just the Shavuos. We're now coming from Shavuos. We were supposed to bring the Kalban and the Beis HaMikdash. Where was the Kalban? These major mitzvahs we couldn't bring. This morning we're supposed to bring a Kalban Tamit. The morning daily sacrifice. We couldn't bring it. There are so many mitzvahs we're missing. So if we're missing so many mitzvahs, a yid can't be happy with himself, satisfied. You can't be complacent. I put on film this morning. That's great. But that's it. There's 613 mitzvahs. We're missing so many mitzvahs. So a yid wants Mashiach now to be able to do all the mitzvahs. That's as far as the mitzvahs we cannot do now. <coughs> what about the mitzvahs we are doing now? We're putting on film, we're keeping Shabbos. Those mitzvahs, you could say, well, that we have in the times of Golas. So for that, we don't need Mashiach. That's what a person might think. We need Mashiach for the mitzvahs we're missing, which is the majority of the mitzvahs. But those mitzvahs that we have, for that we don't need Mashiach. But that's not true. The Rambam, when he discusses why you didn't want Mashiach, he, he throws in a comment and he says that when Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to remove the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. Which means to say that nowadays, when we do mitzvahs, we put on film, keep shams, we do mitzvahs, we do it with the heart of stone. When Mashiach comes, we'll do it the right way, with a heart of flesh. <coughs> now what this means is, a heart of stone means insensitivity. A heart of flesh means sensitivity. When we do a mitzvah, there's different ways of doing a mitzvah. We could do the mitzvah in a way that I did it. Baruch Hashem. It's done. Baruch Hashem. It's like, we, there's a long davening. I finished davening. Okay. Baruch Hashem. I can eat breakfast now. I once met a yid many moons ago. He, uh, in the shul, there was in this, a certain shul, not in Kranites. There was a lot of minyanim. He always davened the earliest minyan. Earliest minion. I asked him, why do you have the earliest minion? I thought it was because of Fumkat. I don't know, maybe it was. He felt, he says, he says, I'll be honest with you. Before I dive and I don't eat. <coughs> should I want to die. I want to eat. So I dive with the earliest minion. I'll be able to eat. There's a heart of stone where we're insensitive. There's, there's a heart of of flesh where we're sensitive. It's meaningful. It's important for us. We're passionate about it. We, we're connected to it. <coughs> so usually the system is 
the difference between Gashmias and Ruchmias. When it comes to Gashmias, we usually have a heart of flesh. We're sensitive. We connect to it. When it comes to Ruchmias, not necessarily, we don't always connect to it. When Mashiach comes, there'll be a transplant, a heart transplant, where all of a sudden we're going to have a heart of flesh, which means we're going to be super sensitive to a mitzvah, which is what mitzvahs are meant to be. Ah, we should have had the sitter. Should have had the sitter. No, don't get it. What do we say in Avas Oilam? What do we say over there about... Um, Hashem gave us mitzvahs, something like Levav, uh, with a full heart. Levav uh, What's that sentence? What is in that sentence? In Avasoylam. Who's the expert in Avasoylam? That the, the forefathers did it with a uh, full heart, so you should be careful. Yeah. Oh, Oh, Hashem taught us to do the mitzvahs. How? Believe of Shalim. Okay. Apparently, this is critical for a mitzvah to do it. Believe of Shalim. We say it every morning. Believe of Shalim. That's how he gave us the mitzvah. <coughs> and in the mitzvah, they were able to do it. Believe of Shalim. Until later on, especially during Golos, the, the heart became a rock. It became a stone. So it's not believe of Shalim. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be again believe of Shalim with a full heart. <coughs> So to, to properly do mitzvahs, learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, till Mashiach comes, it can't be done properly. But let's explore this even more. So let's just summarize. In summary, we're discussing that according to the rules of nature, according to Teva, we cannot actually succeed in Torah mitzvahs. Torah distractions Distractions, daigasapanasa, worries. We can't really succeed, alpiteva. Mitzvahs with a heart of flesh, most people don't succeed. Alpiteva, you can't do that. But let's go further into this. Let's speak more about Avodis Hashem. Avodis Hashem is tailored to each individual. Besides the fact that Hashem gave all of us collectively 613 mitzvahs but Hashem has a special unique avodah for each individual every individual has their own series of tests nisyoinus in avodah Hashem everyone is different and for each individual their nisyoin is sometimes and sometimes more than sometimes it's overwhelming and Alpiteva, according to nature, you cannot succeed. That happens throughout the lifetime of a person, usually more than once. And sometimes it happens quite often. Where Alpiteva, according to nature, you cannot succeed. Or let's say this in different words. When Hashem gives us the tale on mitzvahs, Does Hashem want we should, this is going to be a multiple choice uh, test. Hashem wants we should be a tzaddik, a benini, or a rasha. Which one? 
Okay. Okay. So, Baruch Hashem, almost no one said Rosh. I'm happy. Hashem wants we should either be a tzaddik or a benoni. That's what he wants. Okay. And then you have the famous statement, Halavai benoni. There was a certain youth that was actually a tzaddik. He actually was a tzaddik. He was very humble. He said, Halavai benoni. Once you learn time, Halavai benoni. Hashem wants we should be a benoni. What does benoni mean? Full-fledged commitment. Not 90% commitment. Full-fledged commitment. That's what Hashem wants from us. Alpiteva. Is that possible? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So, getting back to Matan Torah, Hashem offered the Torah to the various nations. And each nation said, what does it say? And Hashem responded to each nation tailored something that goes against the nature of that nation Hashem knew which one to pick so every nation said what do you want I should go against our nature no deal then Hashem comes to the Eden and he says are you ready to accept the Torah mitzvahs so the Pashup Shat in the basic understanding you would say well Hashem Whatever you say we're going to do, like like big deal. What do we care what you're going to say? Whatever you say, you're in charge, you're the boss, you're the God. Whatever you say we're going to do. It was much deeper than that. Nasser Anish was much deeper than that. Because why didn't the Yudin ask Hashem what's, what's in store? What's in the Torah Mitzvahs? Yes, yeah, so the simple meaning is what's the difference? Hashem is giving it to us. But there's something else over here. Just like the nations of the world were saying, the real question was, is Torah mitzvahs geared and tailored to our nature? Or is it against our nature? That was really their question. And Hashem answered them, it's against your nature. Why didn't they even ask the same thing? The answer is when they said Nasev Nishma, they actually meant to say, we know it's going to be above our nature. What's the question? We don't have to ask you. We know you're God. <laughs> we know you have a godly expectations. We know that you think so much of us because Hashem really knows us. So we know it's going to be against our nature. And that's Nasev Nishma. Nasev Nishma means we're saying to Hashem, we are committing ourselves to go against our nature. So Torah Mitzvah, to fulfill it properly, is not Alpiteva. That's in general, especially during the time of Golas. Where when it comes to Torah, there's so many distractions. When it comes to mitzvahs, everyone has their nisyanus, and it's difficult. Avoid this Hashem, you can't do al But nevertheless, we said Nasev and Nishma. We're going to do it anyway. How will we do it anyway if it's against Teva? So on that, we have the answer which we said on Yantif, both in the davening and... And in Kiddush, there's one key word. It's a little bit different in Kiddush and Dan, but it's the same word. There's one key word that resolves all these problems. How can we do it if it's not according to Teva? What's that one key word? Huh? What's the key word? One word that we said in Davening. One word. Not bad. No, 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 no. Shmuz, we said it. And Davening, and Kiddush, one word. Ani? Reimamano. Reimamano. That's the word. 
is what we said in, in Davening and in Kiddush Rimonu. Hashem lifted us. Okay? So if you read the words, we call Halle which in the English means you lifted us higher than all the languages. Which means Hashem lifted us higher than all the nations. Which means He lifted us higher than Teva, higher than nature. Hashem lifted us. So if the question is, is Torah mitzvah al piteva? The answer is no. Then how can we fulfill it? Hashem lifted us higher than teva. That's how we can succeed in Torah mitzvah. Now, what this means is, when it comes to learning Torah, al piteva, you can't have a full dosage of success because of all the worries, the worries that distracts the person. You can't be fully engaged. But William Hashem picked us up higher than Teva. So what does that mean in plain English? What did Hashem do? The answer is Hashem lifted us to a level where we could go higher than all the worries and not worry and learn Taylor. That's what Hashem did. What does that mean? So the Rebbe always compares this to Shabbos. Shabbos. When it comes to Shabbos, there's no malacha, we can't do any work. Okay. Then our speech, our debo, is different on Shabbos than on the weekdays. What about machshava? So it says that on Shabbos, in your machshava and in your feelings, it should be kol melachtecha asuya. All your job is done. Which means that in the six days of the week, you're struggling, you're working, and you didn't pay the bills yet. You got a warning in the mail they're going to turn off the electricity. Okay? And v'cholo. The electricity, v'cholo, and the phone, v'cholo. Okay? Business is not going well. Okay? The economy is going down. And the person is worried. Come Shabbos. Come Shabbos. So Shabbos, you can't work, but you could worry. But that's not Shabbos, Dick. <laughs> that's not Shabbos, Dick. Shabbos is kol melech chasuya. You have to position yourself. Your feeling has to be, your attitude has to be, your thoughts have to be. No worries on Shabbos. That's called, that, that, that's in machshava. The Rebbe goes deeper into this and the Rebbe says, when we say there's no worries on Shabbos, it's not just what you should work on in your machshav and your feelings. It's much deeper than that. The reality is that Shabbos is higher than creation. Shabbos is higher than Teva. So when a Yid enters the territory of, Sh- of Shabbos, we're lifted to a higher level. We are in that level. Teva doesn't exist. The worries of Teva don't exist. So when we're told, don't worry in Shabbos, it's not just what you have to work on. Shabbos is higher than the worries, it's higher than Teva. Likewise, when it comes to learning Torah, Torah is higher than creation. It says, Before creation of the world, there's already Torah. Torah is higher than the world. When a Yid learns Torah, the Torah lifts the person higher than Teva. It's in such a level, in such a state, with his Takana worries. So that's the Vuray Mam Tonu Hashem lifted us. 
He lifted the Yid. He gave us the Torah, which is higher than the world. He gave us Shabbos, which is higher than the world. So a Yid has the ability to engage in Torah in such a way, like the, those that ate the man. Abshim says the Torah was given to those who ate the man. And what about the rest of us? The answer is the rest of us, when we learn Torah, we have to eat the man. When we learn Torah, there's no worries. There's no concerns. There's no daigas apanasa. Because while we're learning, we're higher than the world. And the way the Rebbe says so many times, the phone rings and you're in the middle of learning Torah, you don't answer it because you're in the middle of learning. On Shabbos, the phone rings. You don't answer. When you're learning Torah, you don't answer. Because, on, because when you learn Torah at Shabbos, you're higher than the world. So in summary, what Shavuos does for us is even though Al Priteva, we cannot succeed fully with Torah mitzvahs, but Hashem lifted us higher than Teva when we learn Torah and we do Avaitis Hashem, and that way we have success in Avaitis Hashem, and we have a year of Hatzlacha in Limut HaTorah, Nigla Chsidis, in Avaitis Hashem Bechlal, in Avas Yisrael, and we should be Zaycha to learn Torah Mashiach, take it from Yad. Amen. Okay, class is over. Some people have emergency questions, so I'll take some questions. But but you're gonna go, you're gonna miss supper soon. And I'll pretend there's not gonna be supper soon. No? So Hashem already knew that the nations would not, would not agree to taking the Torah. He knew the Jews would take the Torah, so why would he ask them anyway? That's a good question. I didn't fully answer the question. But all, my only point was that Hashem offered that because He wanted to express the point that are you ready to accept something higher than your Teva? The more basic answer is when Mashiach will come, the nations of the world will come with a complaint. Why are Yidin receiving preferential treatment? So Hashem will say, what do you want from me? I offered you the Torah. But don't say, what do you mean you offer it? You told us that it's not according to our nature. But the Eden said, Nasir and Nishma. Didn't Hashem choose us even before that? Good question. Good question. <laughs> no? So then on Shabbos, we shouldn't have Tagus at Parnassa. So that simply implies that on a weekday, like, it's okay. But we're learning about Betafin. It doesn't matter if it's Shabbos or a weekday. We shouldn't have. Right, 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 right. Shabbos has to spread to the rest of the week. Even though we make Avdolah, but Avdolah is not meant to separate. Shabbos is supposed to influence the rest of the week and to not have to add this okay. Panasa, right? I, I don't mean to say there's, there's no mitzvah of that Panasa on the weekdays, right. but, but Shabbos lifts us higher, higher. So in a weekday, we'd be in a state of considering all the work being done? Yeah, to a certain extent. The, only, the difference is you're, middle of, you're in the office in the middle of the week and you're receiving a bill, okay, and the phone is ringing. And when the phone is ringing, don't shut the phone. Answer the phone and deal with it. On Shabbos, shut, uh, don't, don't answer. In soaking on this. So what's the question? So if you're saying that like, Teva is Teva, but God gives the ability to be higher than Teva, isn't that a nice? Well, in Avodas Hashem, Soimchin Alanes. In Avodas Hashem, Soimchin Alanes. That's the whole Torah mitzvah, Soimchin Alanes. It's not Alpiteva. When it comes to Gashmias, make it Kelpiteva. When it comes to Avodas Hashem, Soimchin Alanes. Not to go to sleep. Do your Avodah. But then you Soimchin Alanes.
So um, in this talk, there was a lot about Shabbos being higher than nature, but in other sikhot, um, I've heard that um, seven was the number for nature and eight was the number higher than, higher than nature. Well, there's different levels of higher than nature. <laughs> the bris mila overrides uh, Shabbos because it's eight. That's like an extraordinary holiness. But Shabbos compared to the weakest is higher than nature. That's why we don't do mulacham. Okay, it's lachma.